Good evening. Tonight we're going to be talking live about some of our re-reviewed bottles and what made them so special to us. Mark will be providing a quick blind review. Dr. Scotch is making your appearance, plus Scotch in the news and so much more. Stick around. What's up, guys? Hey, guys, it is Scotch Ford, four guys on a Scotch journey to help you with your next Scotch purchase. I'm Drew. I'm Sean. I'm Mark. And I am Andrew. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome. welcome. Fun show tonight. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Lots tonight. of good stuff tonight. The first thing we're going to be talking about is our review from this week. Yeah. Let's do a rundown of, of everything that we're going to try to get through because it's, it's a lot. Right? It's a lot. So you're starting off with this week's re-review of Glenfiddich Small Batch Reserve 18-year-old. Okay. Yep. And that's the, our first review was in what 2015. I think so, yeah. Yep. So we revisited this almost five years later. We'll see what yep. we get, right? Yep. Um, we've 16. got yep. that scotch in the news, and there's a ton of different topics. We're not sure which ones we're going to talk about. We might actually let some of the people online determine which ones we talk about because um, there's some really interesting ones out there. Uh, Doctor Scotch is in the house. Yep. And uh, running through some subtle stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you want to give any hints as to what Dr. Scott well, is going to be talking about? From what I hear, we're going to be talking a little about the uh, analytical <laughs> side of the uh, whiskey wheel. Whiskey wheel. The whiskey wheel. I actually have a blind sample that I poured out here that I'm going to hit you guys with in a little while. Ooh. So just uh, I obviously know what it is. I'm going to run down and see what you guys think of it. Um, it's not really a scoring thing, but it's more of a perception thing. I want you guys to walk right. your way through it. Yep. Hopefully, Sounds we can good. all learn a little bit about this. So, is that okay. something we need to do early or late? Uh, you know what? I'll probably pour it. I'll probably pour it out here while okay. while Doctor Scotch is here or oh, something okay. like that, um, and let, give it a few minutes so you guys are ready for it. But okay. um, Sean, take us to Small Batch Eighteen. All right, this was our re-review, and yes. we were we were initially pretty big fans of this bottle. Huge, um, I was a huge fan. Yep. Uh, the first time we reviewed it, I know you got bananas. I did pretty pretty strong on it, and we all really enjoyed the bottle. Um, in fact, we I believe you commented, Mark, that uh, you were sad to taste it because it kind of blew the fifteen out of the water, and that had been your kind of go to lymphatic yeah. for a long time. Yeah, um, and and you couldn't taste it the same anymore after you had the right. it, it tainted it for me. <laughs> and, and it, I mean, it, we really did enjoy that bottle, and then we didn't try it again. For a long time. long time, I mean, five years. It is a small batch, so it's going to vary over time. In fairness, um, so this one I don't think quite had the same punch of flavor that we remembered in the past. And keep in mind too that our palates have changed. This was like four years ago. Uh, so our initial scores uh, in 2015. In 2015, uh, Andrew gave it a three-five. Drew gave it a three-five, and Mark, you and I gave it a three. Uh, this time around on the re-review, Andrew and I both gave it a two-five, and you and Drew both gave it a three. So, so Mark, you were the only one that had a consistent number. You son of a gun. That's luck. And I went down a full you know, point. Wow, that's amazing. I'll tell you, so there's two different variables on this bottle, though. Okay, so like you said, it's a batch. So definitely going to be a little different. But the other variable, and it's across all of these bottles, is our palates and our journey and our, our, our maturing, our scotch maturity, you know, sure. of our palate and our nose. I mean, it's never going to be the same as it was five years ago because we've come up and we've drank, we've tasted a, a huge variety of whiskey, right? And scotch mm -hmm. and it's going to be different. So I don't, I mean, it's interesting to see, but I, the batch kind of throws me off. I think it'll be 
a little bit more better to look at some of the other numbers, although they're all actually batches. I mean, they're not, right? In reality, yeah. in reality yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. Although this is going to be a, a smaller right. batch than like the log of Woolen 16. Yes. You're, you're going to get less variation in that one than you are in the Glenfiddich. Well, in Glenfiddich's known to be the consistency. I mean, they, they're they very consistent in all their, and we just That's learned true. actually recently about their, their whole lineup at the 12 yeah. being kind of the foundational scotch. So, for everything, yeah. For everything. So they're, the 18 has been around since 2015 that we've had it, and it's been the same basic scotch ever since. So, so you can always count on it. American Scotch Doctor, put that code up there. That's that's exactly what we're talking about, and that's I I agree with you. You know, so batch variation is the DNA of each it whiskey. It sure. really is. It's going to change everything. And I, you know, I think that this one in particular, um, because they're doing very very small batches compared to some of the other ones that yeah. we've that we've had that are our big name bottles, you know, like, so the Glenfiddich 15 Solera, I mean, you're dumping those whiskeys into a Solera vat and only emptying them out about half. And so you're getting Refilling. less variation over time. Yeah, and, uh, and the Glenfiddich, when they, they marry it and they put it into, they finish in, in some news or some additional Spanish uh, Oloroso bat casks. So those casks vary, that's going to greatly sure. affect that batch. Sure. And you can't always be consistent with that or so sherry. I mean, I, I, I think as members of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Association, I mean, we we've tried a lot of single cask scotches, oh, yeah, a lot, and there's ridiculous amounts of variation, even between like you know stuff from the same distillery that was aged in the same kind of barrel for around the same time. They taste vastly different. Absolutely. So I'm not surprised over time that this tastes different. And I wouldn't be surprised if you lined up three or four of these small batches from different times that you're going to get a fairly big variation. So, yeah. you know, once again, all of this is our opinion, but I think that those particular bottles lend themselves to a little more variation yep. than some of the others. So pull the numbers back up again for me, Drew. I want to I revisit what, what our numbers were for this year. Was, Andrew was a 2.5. Drew and Mark were threes. Sean was a two five. So it's it went down from a, it was a three point five average and went down to a two point seven five. So it went down 0.75 three point seven five. Three point two five. It went down a half. Oh yeah, I'm half re point. I'm reading the giant walk. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it went down. How much did it go down in? Okay, half, half a point. There we half go. Point. Math is hard. No, I'm I'm still reading the Johnny Walker line. That's my well, problem. The, the, the jump here is, I think, I mean, if you, and if you look for it, and we're probably going to get ahead of ourselves a little bit with throwback, it, this is an interesting conversation. We're, we're looking at 2015 to 2020. Honestly, our, our numbers are horribly different, but I would say that there's been some experience in our palates, and we've Notice, noticeably said so in our, our scores here a little bit. Yeah. Well, Andrew's, Andrew more than others. But I, I think more than that is this particular batch didn't do it for us. That's correct. So if we would have opened the up the bottle that we had before and we got an explosion of bananas and like it just had all of those good flavors that we remembered from the, the previous batch, we would have scored this bottle higher. We just would have. But let me let me ask you this then. Okay, so back then, 2015-16, we're pretty new at this, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're literally scoring bottles we like know this. How to do we're it bringing a bottle like this home going, oh my God, this one's 18 years old. Right. 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 So our first taste of it, 
is like our first experience of some of these flavors. We're like, holy cow, I didn't know I could taste that in a whiskey. Exactly. Here we are five years later and we've tasted the wheel, right? We've been around the wheel a few times. And so is it fair to come back and to have that same expectation? Probably not. I mean, I do still get excited on some bottles. Don't get me wrong. I would say yes and no, because there are definitely flavors that we have tasted. You don't taste them very often. That's you know, true. Yeah, that's true. You don't true. get bananas on every scotch you roast. No, you don't. And and so I think that some of it is is that that you know we've we've grown more experienced and we've tried a lot more scotch, so we're maybe a little jaded, a little or a little harder to impress at times. But then that's you, a fair point. But yeah. then you also just get scotches that you know. I mean, um, the uh, distillers edition that we re-reviewed for our hundredth review. Talisker. Yeah, we that was pretty close to spot on right i mean we gave that a very similar score if not the exact same score yeah. that we did before and i think that that's just because i mean we call it like we see it right you now well and i i think the the key though we also i would not be surprised if our numbers have kind of normalized um kind of in that two five to three five range because we we've learned that certain whiskeys are not designed to blow you away. True. And so we understand the purpose of different bottlings. And so for that role, that bottle is pretty good. Uh, that that entry-level whiskey from that uh, distillery, they do a really nice job of that. It is not a King Alexander III by any means, but it's still a very, it's a strong bottle for that niche. And Fair so enough. I think we're 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 getting better at understanding that, and to blow us away now. Number one, we're gonna have to see new flavors that we haven't seen, and or complexity. Yeah, and the, but those are gonna be the five hundred dollar bottles that we can't buy and most people can't buy. So it's gonna be interesting to see if we can get a bunch of fours left after this. Fair after enough. This point. Fair enough. I think that this kind of leads us straight into our topic, our main topic for tonight, which is us re-reviewing. Yes some of these bottles and, and kind of how we feel about the, the process of re-reviewing, what we think we're going to get out of it, what we hope to impart into the viewers and the listeners when we do these re-reviews. Honestly, some of it is just, we get busy, you know, doing our reviews and we've got plenty of scotches to choose from. And a lot of times it's, we, we just get lost in the shuffle and we forget that we haven't had a Glenfiddich 15 in four years. Right. You know, and and so to go back to re-review that on purpose with the with the intent of seeing how we feel about that bottle, to me, kind of it, it lets you know, kind of our average score on some of these bottles that you're easy easily found on the shelf, um, but also kind of lets us see where our palates are. Like we've got this signpost four years ago. This is what we thought of this bottle. Where are we at now? So. To start off, though, our re-reviews, first things first, we don't go back and look at our, at least I know, none of us us go back and watch the original review or look at the scores. So we come into this fresh start, you know, and and give it a fair shake like we did the very first time. Um, So it's really interesting to look at the scores. Um, You're right, Hoagie. We do get extra 3% ABV, 43 for us, but I think everyone else gets 40. And the irony is uh, here in the States, we wish we got another 3%. (laughs) Right. I know uh, Scotch in the Bayou said she she learned from this bottle that 43 is just not enough for her. (laughs) And you know what? It's funny, all the comments that we get about the Fijin Solera. 
I mean, uh, we've had John DeVoe and, and several other people commented on the 15 that that was kind of their their first love and, and the one that kind of really got them really into scotch. And I mean, that was us too. Right. It's easy to find. It doesn't break the bank. And it's just a really good bottle. I mean, it just really it's just, is. It's, it's a good quality bottle. I mean, honestly, when you look at Glenfiddich from a distillery perspective, it's it's huge. They're cranking out a, a ton. Lot. And they are... The, their quality control is is really impressive. I mean, I think a lot of distilleries do it the same way, but it, it all starts at one base, and and then it's just all maturation from there. Yeah, I mean, Glenfiddich is is a well known name, in, yeah. in the in every liquor store and green grocery stores have out there. And it's funny because how many times if you're in, we can't be grammar police or anything at all no. people i know glenn finish but we i screw mean, up enough other than, other than the name <laughs> it's, right. it's very popular amongst all my friends that i've ever talked to yeah. and, and and it's always a, a common common bar discussion well and one of the things that that so some of the comments coming through are talking about the fact that we do re-review so sunday evening scotch and m's 1310 was talking about that they like those and so that's one thing that we are debating about. Do we want to continue to do this? There's lots, still lots of whiskey out there we haven't right. tried. But do we continue to do this because our pounds have changed in the five years we've been doing this? The bottles have probably changed in the five years we've been doing this. Do we maybe do a once a month or something re-review and kind of put that as part of our Process. standard, yeah. standard range? Yeah. I think that it's nice for for me to go back and re-review some of these to just kind of see how Appreciate i still feel yeah. about those bottles uh, because we talk about some of these bottles a lot and and they're iconic enough to the four of us that they they become a standard for how we describe other whiskeys yeah they're a benchmark yeah so and, and so i think that it's important for us to go back and see if that still holds true because somebody coming back four or five years later that tastes the same bottle and doesn't get the same experience because it's not the same whiskey for them, you know, they're not going to have the same signpost to go off of. Judge, I do try to rinse my glass with a little bit of water before I pour the next, uh, so it doesn't get influenced. I mean, sometimes I don't get that done, a, but I do try. On a Thursday, I don't really think yeah. it. Yeah, so but, <laughs> Undercover Judger had a comment um, for those on the podcast. When you guys finish glass, you never rinse. Um, do you think what influences ne next scotch you have? Absolutely, it will. Yeah. If we don't rinse the glass, it will absolutely affect the next. Especially flavor. if it's a peated, so, non-peated combination. Yeah. So if we're doing a review, it's usually it's a clean glass that has either been rinsed and or wiped out to remove water to get absolutely. get the yeah. original neat beverage in there. So yes. But if we're just right. hanging out at the bar, and that's what we're doing here, and we're we're not not as big a deal. To get to your point, though, I like the idea of throwing one in a month because it's not just it's, it's also about the fact that what did we start this for? We're here to help that person in the liquor store go, man, what am I going to buy? I really don't know that much about it. It's not a bad thing to re-review some of these staple whiskeys that are on every shelf. What yeah. are you doing? No, I, I moved the mouse because <laughs> oh, it, was, it wasn't lined up right. It messed up. Some he's messing with my stuff. Uh, so we'll ask so, Tom R. who wants yeah. us. He demands that we re-review Port Ellen and Brewer on our patron-only show. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's I agree. So you Tom. supply the juice, we'll do it happily. So the, the thing, that's also a good point, Mark, is we try to be um, informative to consumers of, of whiskey. If if I'm going through a, a YouTube video and I say, oh, they reviewed this in 2015, I'm going to scroll past. That's that's not a valid review anymore. And so our 2015 review of this barrel, that's not what I have. It's on the shelf now. I don't 
right. and ignore that. Right. So right. it does make sense for some of these really common brands to go through and, and do a fairly well. So let's go through and talk about what our what our re-review scores were for some of these because it it, it is interesting and kind of telling. I think um, the first bottle we have down let's here is the that way. is the Johnny Walker Blue Label, and you know mm -hmm. this one gets beat up a little bit. I mean, it just does. Um, some people really like it; they really appreciate it. Some people hate it because of all of the marketing and, yeah, yeah. and the hype around it. Don't and mind I, if I do. I get, both, <laughs> I get both sides of that. I really do. But I think that it's it's something that gets comparisons to all the time. Well, it is a status bottle. It, there's a there's a status symbol to to drinking Johnny Walker Blue. Great brands. It's come. Um, and it does get beat up because it's overpriced in a lot of markets. So yeah. So Greg Vance had a comment. So we did a a bottle called Scotch Blue, which is not Johnny Walker Blue. Um, it was a a spe specifically for Korean market, and it it was not a good whiskey. And these guys it destroyed it. Not as bad good as news Walker. is. <laughs> I don't think we can get our hands on another bottle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not traveling so. to Korea anytime I'm soon. I'm okay with that. But well, if you good. live in Korea and you can send me a bottle, I'll pay shipping. Let's talk about our scores on on the Johnny Walker Blue label. Johnny Walker Blue, our Blue original. And by the way, Johnny Walker Blue is uber popular. It's it's now our second. It's been number one for years. But Johnny Walker is like one of the most popular. The Blue label is one of the most popular yeah. searched uh, scotches. Mm -hmm. Our our initial review of this, we gave it three fives across the board. Yep. All of us gave it a three five. That was in 2015. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh my God, Well, I think we talked Mark into bringing over his bottle, and, yeah. and he begrudgingly agreed. Well, to that it. may have been. We had times you, didn't happen. you have a little bottle? Didn't you have a little bottle of it? Or did yeah. you no, 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 I, I brought the big boy over. Our re-review, which I believe you brought a, another bottle. <laughs> 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 Actually, so Drew ponied up. I think. Oh, uh, Drew. We all went down a little bit. Uh, so Andrew, Drew, and Mark gave that bottle a three, and I gave it a two five. You went down quite a bit. Yeah. Right. So average score went from a three five down to a two point eight eight. Interesting, and I, I I feel good about that actually. I I think the bottle is good juice, but I think honestly, back when we first out, we were kind of more starstruck about it and kind of gave it higher marks than probably what it was due. I, I think it's one of those bottles that if you can pick it up like around Christmas when it goes on super sale right. exactly or, or Father's Day or something like that where they're doing something special at the liquor store, maybe you can get it engraved for your dad or, or something like that, then it's probably worth picking up. <clears throat> yeah. But if you're going to pay 250 bucks or something for it, there's other scotches you, you'll be much better served with. So, so what is it? What is it? ABV on that? 40. It's 43, isn't it? 40 or 43. 40. Yeah. 40, 40. Right at 40. So, you know, it, it's an iconic bottle. I, I still enjoy the. It's not like I would turn down a dram. I'll probably pour a little bit of it. Uh, yeah, that's why I put like a quarter ounce, just enough to get the flavor. So, I think $250 overpriced, yes. But I also think it depends on what you're looking for out of your bottle sure. you're going to buy. I mean, because for 250 bucks, I can get a sherry bomb that'll blow everybody on this channel away, right? And, I mean, but if you don't want that, maybe you want something that's really light and I dare say smooth because that's what everybody oh, says about John. It is so true. It but is. It just it just melt, it is, melts on your mouth. It, it is, is the it's one like whiskey butter. that that is the descriptor. Right. If there's ever a smooth scotch, it's Johnny Walker. Right. But a little bit of peanut. You know, just a little bit of peanut. 
in there? It just depends on, you know, mm -hmm. I, I still don't think it's worth 250, but I, I do think it depends on what you want out of your bottle. So it's funny to see that we went down. I feel good about it too. You all said you're, nope. you guys yeah, are all no, comfortable no with that scoring, right? I think yep. that was a good score. I, honestly, the rear, the re-review score we gave it, I think was spot on personally. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Steve A said that it's a very solid blended scotch, just massively overpriced. It is, it is a Absolutely. solid blended scotch. There you no go. question. Absolutely. You're paying for 100. their extended marketing campaign on this particular bottle. And speaking of extended marketing, although not at the same level, uh, let's move on to the Lagavulin 16. Oh. Can you put some music? I, iconic bottle. In fact, I believe we have the uh, Lagavulin Appreciation Society president on uh, <laughs> we do have on tonight. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, Lock of World 16, another iconic bottle. Yes. Right? Our original review, uh, Andrew gave it a 3.5, Drew gave it a 3, Mark gave it a 3.5, and I gave it a 3. So our average was 3.25, and that was in 2016. And then we re-reviewed it. And 3.5s across the board. Yep. So uh, Drew and I both came up a half a point, and Andrew, you and Mark stayed the same. Dead on three five. Two thousand sixteen and two thousand twenty. I, I think that goes to the show that experience and appreciation also go hand in hand because yep. we know what we're getting into. Now, also one thing we didn't really talk too much about yet on um, just from the years and experience of going around the wheel, as you said earlier, price has also become more and more yes. of a thought for sure, us than is. we had before because. We've had more. We've had. Yep. We've got a little bit bigger footprint of knowing what's good, and we're not as intimidated as we used to be. Mm -hmm. So going back, looking at things, knowing more about the distillery, about what Lagavulin does, and understanding that sixteen is freaking money for what it is, yes. also helps yeah. kind of talk about the numbers. Again, happy with the review on that one as well. Sure, I do think that it. It's definitely an experience thing too, because now five years later, four years later, whatever, we've had so many different styles of peated whiskey, yes. even Lagavulin's, right? We really, yeah. we're able to pull out the subtleties the and appreciate age, 11, them and appreciate, yeah. And, and honestly, if you think about it, you're a great example of this, Andrew, you, you've got a wheelhouse. You're, you're very defined in, in your palate, right? That's my primary. Yeah. It, but you've also come outside of those lines considerably oh, yeah. depending on appreciation of a Scott. You know, this isn't my wheelhouse, but this is what they were trying to do. And I gotta wow. I gotta tap my hat to these people. Right. Yeah. So it this is this bottle is uh, people always ask me, you're stranded on an island, you get to pick one bottle, what are you gonna take? Damn, boom. I know it's probably gonna be hot if it's That's an island. But obvious for you. I'm probably, I'm probably taking that one well, sixteen. I mean uh, Scotch on the bayou says this is her spirit animal. I mean so this is one of those bottles that um and the, the weird thing about it is the range of pricing you see on this. Yeah, yeah that's so true. That's we see it on true. sale for 70 and on regular price for 110 And right now I saw, I just got an email from a liquor store in town that it's running about 85, 86 now on, on special. So it's just such a weird pricing that they, you can't predict. So if you see it for $70, you got to buy like three or four bottles because it's totally worth that. If it's 110 it's a little on the high end. It's still a great bottle, but that's, you but know, that's it, it fluctuates price. so much depending on where you're at. That's, Correct. That's what's really interesting. That is and Mark so really hit that back in the day when we were looking and we found it. You were, I remember you were so freaking excited because you saw you had a good deal on it. 
and you're like, oh, I think I got it for like 99 bucks or 65 $64.99. Yeah. And then we were hearing from, and we were <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's, that is really good for us. That's crazy. But you hear people like in Colorado and stuff like, that's, that's everyday that's price, standard, for us. That's yeah. price for us. Why are you excited? So it's like, wow, that's a, yeah, it's a wide range. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, y'all got a bottle of Log 116 for Christmas that year from this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I went to the liquor store. I'm like, I can afford for it. Log 16 <laughs> for my birthday. <laughs> all good. That's worth yeah. it. All right. So I think we're all agreed yep. that that's that's just a great iconic bottle and a good Absolutely. signpost for peated whiskeys. Sure. Yes, right? Like I, is... I'm going to compare. Oh, it's such a good you know, balance. I mean, Ardbeg 10, Log of 16. Like, there's just a few that are just good bottles that you can compare and contrast sure. all day long. All right. Monkey cool, shoulder. Ron, I get it. When did we have monkey shoulder? Where did we discover New this Orleans. bottle? 2017, maybe? I think so, it was. so we were in New Orleans. Some of us, a few of us were in New Orleans um, for a trip. <laughs> all the Everybody but Mark. Mark wasn't there. And we, we went to a liquor store, and we knew we were going to overpay. So we looked at their uh, their scotch selection, and, and yeah. it was okay. But it was like, monkey shoulder? Now, I think it just came out. Or not and it was I'll like tell you why we, bucks. I'll tell you why we bought it. We were in a liquor store in the French Quarter, and everything was ridiculously overpriced. Yes. And we were in there with Andrew, who's not going to pay more than he has to. <laughs> this is true. And so we're looking at all the scotches, and we're like, you know, monkey shoulder, I don't know what this is, but it it's a blended malt. It's, there's no grain in it. And it was like 25 bucks. Well, How was, can we go around? It was like 30. 45 bucks. Yeah. It was like 45 like, bucks. But it was still like quarter. half of everything yes. in the store. And we're like, well, we're not paying that for all this yeah. other stuff. And so we picked up a bottle and we take it back to uh, to the place we're staying at. And we poured it into solo cups. Solo Red cups. Solo cups That's all we had. I mean, a picture over there. French quarter. I was looking for the picture. In, in you 24 guys hours, in. this bottle was gone. And then we went and I think we bought it. 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> bottom of the picture. Bottom right of the picture. Yeah, so we were drinking yeah, that because it, it just it just goes down so easily. I mean, it just it's a great it's honestly. So what do we do in that one? Sean? Yeah, so let's go there. All right, so our initial review, 2017, and I remember us coming back on. We've got to review this bottle, right? Uh, so we actually put out a, a review of that pretty quickly yeah. after it came out, uh, and we did two fives across the board. Yep. It was a solid a, dram, a solid dram, nothing wrong with it. And three years later, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. If you are a a lower tier entry level scotch, especially if it's a single malt, we compare this, it to this all the time. Yep. So we decided to do a re-review of it to kind of see where it landed after three years. Uh, the re-review that we did, uh, Andrew gave it a 3.5, Mark gave it a 3.5, I gave it a 3.5, and Drew gave it a four. I did. Solid four for a, we bumped that one up considerably. That's, we went the, from one a, point. that's the biggest jump of all. From we two went from five, a 2.5 to a 3.63 average. So that's how do, we, how do we feel about that, gentlemen? I mean, I, I personally, since I, I gave it a four, I think for what you're getting out of that bottle, for the price, right? that big bang for your buck and the price out of it, it's hard to beat that. And I think I, I still stand behind it, I, my mark. Sure. Is is it a high? I mean, we all give it high marks. Is it higher than? Can you compare it to some of the other bottles we have? It's hard because there's other things you can talk about. But at the end of the day, when it comes to what you're getting and the price, easily a high mark. I would say, is, is it going to compare to a, a hundred and fifty dollar bottle? Maybe not. No. But it punches way above its weight class. It does That's way above this one. Though I think. Scoring, it might be heav more heavily influenced by price than others. Yes. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that coin, I'll say 
It's about what you're what you're getting, what it is. So uh, th this three point five for me versus this three point five is not fair to compare the two scores against each other because this was never intended to be this. And and for no. the podcasters, I'm talking about a, a blended malt against a eighteen year old single malt, right? Right. I'm talking for a blended malt. This is a three five and, in and my it, mind. And I mean, it's Glenfiddich, it really, it's Balvenie and Kennedy. Those are three. Perfectly and stable. Honestly, it stacks up against $50, $60 bottles. Sure. Yeah, arguably, yeah. it's the best sub $35 bottle out there. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'll without that. question. Yep. So if, you, if you're looking at, a, so, you know, comparable to your classic um, bourbons out there, this will stand up to a bourbon every day and twice on Sunday. I mean, that's a fantastic bottle relative to a bourbon. I can't tell you how many bottles I have personally helps sell to people oh, yeah. getting into it, a yeah. dozen at least. And every, no almost every single one of them have loved it. Yeah. I, I think it's a very safe bottle from, from a monetary standpoint and from a just like getting yep. into scotch, want to try something different. Um, I poured monkey shoulder for some servers the other day that, <laughs> that didn't drink whiskey, didn't care about any of that stuff, just wanted to understand what it was. And, you know, I, I think... I think the scores reflect a lot of the pricing on this bottle, but it's good quality stuff too. Whoa. Whoa hang on a second. Hey, guy. Nick, I want to say shout out to Nick and just joined the show. It's good to see you, buddy. And we have the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society of America. What about Peachwood Casks? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think that's a funny little insider joke. Trying to stoke some fires there. I'm not going to do any name calling here. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's that is good. But hey, we can we can probably live without Peachwood. We could probably without Peachwood. But I will throw a shout out to him for for bringing up a comment. Uh, they had an incredible outturn this this week, and there were a lot of good bottles. Some of them sold out really quick. But uh, I was pretty excited about this month's outturn for the SMWA. So uh, we got left. So the last one we want to cover on the re review is is our first four. The the first four back in 2015. So I don't know. It's probably like review 16 or something. If yeah. you're a high level patron, you can get the original story of the <laughs> So there, this uh, FYI, yeah. if you're a patron and you haven't seen, let me know. But if you're a patron, we have an inside story of Mark doing Mark's Scotch Redemption's drunk history. It's epic. I just want to tell you. I will let you. Uh, I will fill you in on the story of. What happened? <laughs> how, the how they got the royal stag on the bottle? So yeah, funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Watch story. There, there may be some yeah. truth to it. I gotta admit, I just picked this, hoping the bottle was in here. I know it's, it's freaking empty. It's empty. I want to hit you with it. But not even a bottle in there. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about it for a second. So, Dalmore, our first love, and it was honestly, it was our first punch in the face of flavors. Wow, it's like, and talk about boom. flavor will here yeah. a little bit. I mean, wow, six different casks, and it hit you independently at certain times and the roll i mean it just blew us away we've never given a four before i know it was it's a big deal for us even after the fact we still haven't given a four for quite some time yeah. um but on the re-review so back in back in the day sean we we did it what 2015 all, all fours solid fours all across the board and I think for five years, roughly, everybody was like, would you still give that? You're not going to get it for like, now. It's got coloring and it's it does 40% ABV. It's an NAS. And, yeah. And like, you it's know, expensive. It's, it's a couple hundred bucks for a bottle. Would you really give that a four again? And so, you know what? 
I, I don't know if we would or not. So let's go back and re-review it because viewers, you are absolutely right. It is a 40% ABV. It does have some some coloring in there. It's, oh, yeah. you know, and, and our palates have, have evolved and we drink a lot more cast strength whiskeys than we did back then. A maybe, lot more. <laughs> a lot more. Uh, maybe we wouldn't give it a four. And so we bought we another bottle. Bar, another bottle. We re-reviewed it. And you know what? We all gave it a pocket four. Pocket four. Dumb King Alexander we're and, talking about. By and the way. I don't regret that score one bit no. at all. No, no. The the thing that that always sticks in my mind about this bottle is so number one, it has like six different casks in it. So they they put all these married all these different casks together into one bottle, and you can tell every single one in a perfect balance as it rolls across your palate. Wonderful complexion. And that and that, that I've I, never seen before. I, I will say, I think our initial review. I was very excited about all the flavors and all the complexity. It was the first whiskey that we had that just really had so many things going on it was almost like it almost made you want to sit down and just think about the whiskey for a while right the second time i reviewed it we'd been doing this for five years mm -hmm. the thing that got me was we had had whiskeys in port pipes and whiskeys in you know all these different caskings and it's hard to do a single casking on some of these right let alone six different caskings and then marrying those together and having it come out correct yes. it's tough it and really hard. so the fact that they did it and pulled it off that to me was an impressive feat of whiskey making nobody else does that so it's a four it is now i will say if you watch the video of the rear view we weren't as emphatic of a four as we originally had but when we were i think we, for the second one we were more analytical about it and that we did talk through what does this have that others don't? Yes, so it's high price. Yes, it's low ABV, but it still has good potency. So we were much more analytical about that. We knew what we were drinking. And yeah, and it still pulled everyone up to a four because 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 wow. of what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't feel bad about that score at all either. <laughs> so yeah. Ron's wood turning shop and stuff has a comment. Throw that up there on the screen, uh, Drew. So so is all the finish in something trend used to hide flaws sell less age stuff with different flavors promote this stuff is really good build the hype to sell more mm, fair I, question i think that it depends on your distillery i think there are definitely some distilleries that use the finishing to maybe mask problem barrels but when you get into a mass production situation it isn't about that hiding that one barrel that, that isn't you know maybe coming out quite right it's you know they're trying to blend the flavors of that barrel so a port pipe right you're trying to get a hint of that port into the scotch and it's a seasoning it's it's used to kind of exactly. enhance yeah. and show off and characteristics of the whiskey and the port and, and so i would agree ron you're right they are um using finishes to bring younger whiskey to the market sooner. And there's no question about that. That's exactly why they're doing it. But they're still putting out good whiskey. And that's the key you have to understand. And that's why we review these non-age bottles and say, all right, so I've got a non-age whiskey that's a hundred bucks. Why would I drink that? So we'll taste it and say, you know, they did a great job putting this, this together. Yeah, they finished it. Yeah, whatever, but it still tastes great. And that's yeah, what's important right. to us is that it's a great tasting whiskey at, at a reasonable, price for what you're getting even if it's not aged 
I don't care. For me personally, I don't care about the age. If it tastes great, if it's a great whiskey, it's worth the price. Agreed. So pull that other comment yeah. up from Zahn because it's a good finish here. So is King Alexander that good? I haven't tried it. The description sounds great, but ABV and the rest of the stats look bad. I want to address this, the end of your comment there. What look stats? bad. Well, ABV and stats look bad. Look, man, we are high ABV drinkers. Absolutely. We are snobs when it comes to that. Yes, we like good, high quality scotch. But I can tell you, especially in the last six months of spending some time, I, look, ABV is not everything. Yes, it's important, but there are some high quality scotches at 40%. There are some that you can truly enjoy. And so when you say stats, what else are you talking about? I'm, sometimes you don't judge a book by the cover. Sometimes you need to taste it. And, and to what they did here to marry six different finishes to where it jives all together oh, and isn't chaos is to me That's a masterpiece. A it's yeah. a masterpiece. The chaos is... Well, and there's a lot of higher ABV scotches that I've got to put some water on. I got to get it down to 46% anyway. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Not not that I necessarily need to on all of them, but there's a lot of scotches that you pour and it's a 55% ABV and you take a sip and you're like, ah, I'm not getting anything. And you put some water on it and you Boom. get it down to like a 46 and you're like, oh, well, there it is. It's amazing. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say discount it necessarily. Yes, it's 40%, so, so it gives you about. less wiggle room, but there are definitely some 40% ABV scotches that are good to go just like they are and are intended to just be drank just like that. Yep. And, and honestly, it goes back to difference of opinions. Everyone here that we're, we're seeing talk about, we, we, we know you guys, you've got a, a wide you know, palette of things you might, might not like, but at the end of the day, it goes back to what you think. And what we're saying here is, for what we're we're appreciating on this bottle and the price, it's great. And I, I totally with Mark right now, I'm actually, I love the idea of having higher ABV so you can play with it, but I'm also really appreciating what some of these bottlings are doing at the lower ABV, yeah. the quality taste. And, and King is a perfect example of you pour it in a glass, don't mess with it. Just let it sit there for a second and drink it and enjoy it for what it is right, right. there. So, you know, there's some comments True. about, you know, what I appreciate it. I, that's where, you know, you want to, so we want to have like a five-year uh, gathering for Scotch for Dumb. This is a perfect bottle to do a, do a tasting oh, on. Yeah. At a, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so you get yeah. 20 people in a room, you empty a bottle of um, King Alexander into everyone's glass because that's essentially what's a celebration. <laughs> and what you do is then you talk through it. And that's the beauty of tasting whiskey with other people is that you get the opportunity to understand, oh, I'm getting this and then see how it rolls over and then it changes to this. And, and that discussion is what builds your palate. And that's actually maybe a good transition reduction. I think it might be a good I think you should go grab the doc. Where's he at? Let me go see if doc's around. Let's grab him. Let's get him. Thanks, Scott. Here, Doc in the Good house. Good to see you, sir. Good to hey. see you. Hey, how are you guys doing? I understand yeah. you're talking about uh, throwbacks. We are, yeah. and you know, kinds of different things. Andrew was just talking about pallets, and mm -hmm. we mentioned whiskey wheels earlier. I think he may have something to talk about. Yeah, because you know, one of the things that I, I remember watching from Andrew when he first started doing these these um, 
reviews. He always pulled out this book, and then I got a copy of this book here that has his flavor wheel in it. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is, from an analytical perspective, that is a great way to analyze your whiskey. So one of the things that I, I saw coming through was um, a Hoagie Bear actually sent a, a, a flavor wheel, a new flavor wheel that, that Andrew hadn't seen um, to him and to, to understand um, basically how, how you use a flavor wheel. One of the things that, that's great about the Scotch for Dummies is they get together and they will be able to talk about whiskey. And, they, and when they taste the whiskey, what they do is they come up with flavors, you know, burnt toast, marzipan, which nobody here knew, knew about at the time. Um, you've got raisins and grapes and you've got apples and all those kinds of things going on. And those kind of triggers in your mind are really important if you're analyzing whiskey. It's done for wine, it's done for any other, you know, flavor where you're trying to understand a palate. You create a flavor in your mind and you look for it and you see if it's there. And if it's not, you move on to the next flavor. So the whiskey wheel is a great tool to do that. So it's an analytical tool. Dr. Scotch loves analytical tools. Now the beauty is um, <laughs> that Hoagie Bear sent this this uh, flavor wheel, and hopefully Drew can put this yep. up. Real quickly though, quick shout out to Zach. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, for that. Yeah, thank uh, you, Zach. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I don't have a whiskey. Well, this is our you wine. Some? You can't do that. What do you want? I don't know. Pour me some. There you go. Pour some of that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go on. Pour it. I brought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the eight? That's yes. What? We were talking about favorite whiskeys in your review, so I brought man. a little bit of a Kilkerran eight over for. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't die, I but I knew you. the chance I, I of it dying. Of it were, How about that? You can yeah. have a sip of it. So I've got involved. Just a little like It's all good, man. All right. All right. It's all good. So you, you got you want me to try something here? The, yeah. So so Drew has a flavor, a couple different flavor wheels up there. That, that he can show on the graphics. And and um, the key, uh, the one from uh, Nancy Fraley. I think it's this one. Yes, I think that's right. There um, it is. So this is, a, this is one of the best flavor wheels that you can find. So it's, if you search for Nancy Fraley flavor wheel, you can pull this up because it's fantastic in that it has all these aromas. Now this actual, this specific wheel was designed for bourbon. So it doesn't have like Pete and Brian things in it. But what the cool thing about it is you scroll all the way up to the top of the wheel, you've got positive whiskey aromas, and they're based on the raw ingredient that would provide that flavor. So if you look in the center of the wheel, it's got grains, and then you've got wheat, and then you've got sweet. And so you, so depending on which grain you use, you can get these uh, specific flavors out of that. and helps you analyze what's going on. Then if you go to the very bottom of the flavor wheel, it's got negative whiskey aromas. Now, um, some of those are from the tails, some of those from the heads, the diacetyl, which, com uh, which comes from some of the uh, fermentation byproducts. You've got grainy whiskeys, you've got some other metabolites that are coming from the process that can create what are considered negative flavor aromas in a bourbon. So you've got like, um, you've got, do, you do a vanilla in there, but you've got leather, you've got soapy, You've got some of those kind of. Uh, what I was going to say some of these. I was like, "Ooh, I love that." I know. Right? So <laughs> who said it was negative? So the, this is for the bourbon market. Okay. So this right. is a bourbon apple flavor. and old leather. Those are my favorite. I, exactly. <laughs> and, and so in the bourbon market, in the bourbon market, that's kind of correct. But you know, for Scotch, it'd be a little different flavor wheel. And I don't. I have not been able to find her wheel for Scotch, but this is a great tool to understand. Um, if you smell something or taste something, where did it come from? And I think that's a great addition to the. Uh, 
to the complex. I really love the flavor wheel for, to me, it gives a novice person experiencing scotch or whiskeys a base to start from. That's exactly right. So it lets you go through and ask questions as you're sipping it to try and train your palate. Uh, you know, I mean, I had to do that for a long time. When I started in culinary school and when I started in kitchens, they train you. You know, I, I vividly remember one of the first days in culinary school, I had to make a carrot soup. It was like a carrot puree. It was mm -hmm. not great. But the, the <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> well, but the, the whole exercise was about salt and what salt does to this mm. particular product. Right. And so you would put in like half a teaspoon at a time until you got it to a point that you thought was correct. And it was amazing how much it changed with the salt. Oh, and and the, the process was to get you to understand what salt does to the food yes. and, and how it changes your flavor profile. And so those kinds of activities help me train my palate early. But to me, the flavor wheel is, is a critical tool when you are learning about whiskey to identify, you know, cause a lot of people are like, well, I wish yeah. I could describe this flavor that I'm getting. I don't understand what it is, but you know, I, I don't have the words to, to explain what I'm tasting in the glass. And the flavor wheel gives you those words. That's it lets you roll through and it, it takes you from the inner, like, is this a cereal or is it, you know, whatever the, the yeah. base flavor is like, is this, is this a grain? Yes, it's a grain. And so then it expands out into more and more descriptive terms so that you build your vocabulary for your palate. That's exactly right. And so any analytical uh, tool will have a standard so you'll have you'll have your uh, what the component you're testing, and then you have a standard to compare it against. And so what um, what uh, Drew is showing now is a flavor wheel produced by the Scotch Whiskey Research Institute, um, produced or and published by the SWA on kind of a Scotch wheel. And so you've got a similar kind of process where you go through in the center, you've got the main core flavors. The next layer out, you have kind of the components of that. And then at the outside wheel is where I think most people can relate. Sure. So on the left yeah. of, of the screen here, you'll see wet iron, <laughs> spent Gassy fireworks. Spent fireworks. So the, yeah, vomit. vomit. Yeah. So you you have some of these flavors that that you know if you know if you oh, if, no. if, if you're a parent you know what baby six smells like and right. you can't get away from it. You know what spent fireworks. Huh? And so the key is all right. So so I'm smelling that. that yes. And and you 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 read around the wheel while you're tasting the whiskey, and then you can um, draw that into a flavor component that you can write down, you can remember those kind of things. Look at this. So this is a tool. Absolutely. whole section that says Macallan. So let's focus on that for a second. So salt-free goes everything from cooked vegetables through matches to meaty. You know, and, and you've heard some of us discuss, this is kind of a meaty <laughs> scotch. It feels kind of this, this, it tastes like you're eating a steak. And that is part of that sulfury compound, but a different component of that. It's definitely not floral, it's opposite of floral, um, but you get you know something that's stale and oily. So there's the this is a tool you use when tasting whiskey. If you're not around other people, it's a great way for you to analyze your whiskey. Sure. And if you use a consistent wheel, then when you make notes on a whiskey, you have the same terms. Right. So it's a really good analytical tool. To, to me, that's because nail varnish removers. As far as you can break <laughs> yeah, that down. So to me, yeah. that that's the big thing is not only it lets you take notes and remember what that whiskey is like, but it lets me convey 
to mark yes accurately what I'm getting on on this whiskey sure. so that he understands it. So you may be a thousand miles away and I send you a sample and I'm like, hey, this is nail nail polish remover and baby vomit. And you're right. like, sweet, that's what I was totally looking yeah. for. Right. <laughs> but but it lets you analyze what you're getting into before you get into it. And so to me, that's that's a nice thing. Yes. So Zahn has a comment here about um, what are your thoughts on the nosing kits? I actually have one of those nosing kits and I've got the 88 component nosing kit and it's it's pretty good. There's a lot of information there about um, what you're tasting and uh, but but there are some things that are that are a little bit deceiving. So when I I think there's there's a couple on there. Um, I think we missed one. Like malt, or there, there's a couple thing, couple of them in there that I don't fully agree with. But in ge in general, it's a great way to build your palate and allow you to understand what that smells like. So then, when you smell it in whiskey, if if I'm smelling seafood, this is what I intend to smell. Okay, that makes sense. Now I'll taste I, it later. I honestly, when you're trying to build your palate and your descriptive words, I honestly think those nosing kits are okay. But what you really need to do, it's all from personal experience. You know, if you watch our videos, Drew describes something very specific and he'll describe it differently than Mark does, <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing, right? Like, you know, you may be getting, you know, bubble gum wrapped Loose. up in Red Hots or something, yeah. right? And you'll get cinnamon and sugar and, you know, whatever. And you're describing the same things, but you're describing them uh, slightly yes, differently correct. based on a remembering of right a, of and so experience. to me it, it's much more helpful for you to remember to think about when you're eating when you go out to dinner and you order dessert or when you you know not whiskey everything else everything you know else. what i mean that's correct when you have breakfast when you have dinner when you're you know looking for a recipe to cook if it's got spices that you've never used be very mindful of that sure right. because that's going to key you in when you taste that same kind of flavor in a whiskey that that's what you're tasting yeah hey quickly uh, a couple of shout outs here a couple of super chats greg thank you, greg. Thank you. Greg, cheers thank you Appreciate the that. Coins there I'm you, glad sir. you got the Molly coin. I'm glad we did the Molly coin. Mo right. Molly's very happy we did a Molly coin. She doesn't even realize it. So the Molly here. coin, if you want a Molly coin, you, uh, $20 per month patron, um, that, that's a, a key automatic thing. Or if you're a $5 a month patron and you buy a, a full set, we'll throw in some Patreon coins as well. There you go. We got another, one, another here, one to Chad. Chad. Chad, thanks for having bucks to get back to drinking. There you All go. right. Appreciate it, sir. So Thank that you. Back, Scott, I think, oh, we got one more here, too. Oh, Nicholas. <laughs> That's our guy, man. Thanks, buddy. Good Super cheers, man. Cheers, man. Six cheers. On too. All right, guys, let's get back to this. We oh, Rob, wrap this up. Yeah, hold What's on. What's up, Rob? Dr. So, Scotch, Dr. Scotch. We're going to do a quick outro. All right. Thanks, buddy. See you. Thank go. <laughs> go, go, Molly Cam. Molly Cam. Oh, hey guys, what's going on? Hang on. Scott he, he was not here. Doctor oh, Scotch. Okay. No, there she is. I just waited. Uh, I just her took some time. She off. heard her name during that shout out, so she came over. She walked up from her bed. She's like, "Yeah, you guys, <laughs> she wants you all to buy a coin." She's like, "Now, like, come on, it's almost time, guys. I can all tell." But Molly watches. Well, unfortunately, the Molly coin is not available. That's true. All right, so sort of it. Hey, I've got um, I've got a pour a blind for you guys while Doctor Scott was going. I did this pour. Um, I'm not going to tell you what you guys got. Uh, you guys are going to take this right from the top on your own. I want you guys to walk. 
the viewers and the podcasters so they can't see. I want you guys to be descriptive. I want you to talk through yep. this and what's going right. on. Two All things right. real quick, Mark, while we're doing this. this oh, yes. Time and, out. And if you want to do real quickly the um, super chat. Uh, yeah, the super chat was from Ron. Ron, Ron's wood turning shop and stuff. Oh, hey, thanks, I love the Thank name. you so much. Thank you so Cheers, much, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. Hey, yep. and ain't nothing wrong with some red beans and rice, damn it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and real quickly, guys, I'm gonna pull this up. If you want to talk through mm -hmm. it just for a second, where I grab it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we um didn't know until what yesterday or it was earlier this week uh, that a fellow scotch enthusiast in the industry right he, I mean, he's not much of a, a youtuber per se but Instagram scotch trooper um has run into some some medical problems and so the scotch test dummies did a big push for him uh and we want to try to help him get the goal of fifty thousand on his uh on his gofundme so if you guys are inclined to be able to help out uh, a guy that has been diagnosed with with cancer and, and his family um, obviously, he's a huge Star Wars fan. You guys can see the shirts there. And, and a big Scotch enthusiast. Yeah, so check out his Instagram. He's got a lot of great Does photos. Some great, great, yeah. Incredible photos with Star Wars. Um, good guy. If you guys can help out, um, I know you guys, if you want to check it out here in the next day or two, after we get off tonight, the Scotch Four Dummies will be We're making a donation for, sure. for yeah. to, but to If you guys cause. can, I, I just posted the link in chat. Um, it's on GoFundMe. You could just actually just search for Scotch Trooper GoFundMe. And you'll find it as well. Yep. Um, he's at 38 right now. We would love to get him over 40. His goal is 50. But uh, good friend get of him, guys. Uh, best wishes to you, sir. Uh, God bless you and hope you get through this. Yeah, you'll make Great. it. You'll, you'll get through this, buddy. I appreciate you. So we'll get past that right now. And Mark, you're back on. Okay, so blind tasting. Um, I, I guess I'll answer questions if you guys have them, but I'm not going to give it away. I, I will say that it did, this actual sample came from a subscriber and I think the subscriber's oh, on. Um, uh, sherry finish. Yeah, I'm getting sherry so finish. raisins, okay. sultanas, yeah, all that kind of rich sherry finish. So are you getting, that from, Tam doing the nose. Are you getting that from the nose or are you getting that from the color that, that sherry finish? Oh, I already oh, tasted it. it. <laughs> So it's it's all you know. So it's it's just just speed like, route, man. <laughs> like I already mainlined it, right? Uh, but okay. no, on the nose you get all of those those sweet full-bodied sherry notes. Um, oh, it's sherry. It's sherry. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. So before we go on to guessing, Ooh. I want you guys to talk talk uh, like so you're, like you're going through a review. So when when mm. when we're not live and the camera's rolling, we're talking through a scotch. What what do you guys? Let's walk our way through this. Yeah. What's so I'm getting like dark chocolate and black tea on the finish. It's a real um, kind of mid bitter, sweet bitter finish. Um, good flavor, definitely sherry bomb. Absolutely. See, I get I get more of a brown sugar molasses thing going on. And mm. it's got some spice to it. It's got a little bit of clove and cinnamon. Um, it's it's really well balanced. It's it's very nice. Like the the initial taste all the way through the end finish is a nice, well rounded scotch. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, this is perfect. It reminds me of the eighteen Riccati dark chocolate. Yeah, really a lot of dark chocolate in there. So I will say it feels a little bit high on ABV. What was the color? What would you describe your oh, color? Oh, color? Okay, I didn't do that. Um, so it's going to be a medium amber, like a maple syrup, a light maple syrup, amber maple syrup yeah. kind of color. Yeah. I don't think it's teapot, Bob. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't have the, the high ABV. I almost brought that over. Hey, but I know that is fantastic. I'm going to say it's hey, low Steve. 50s. Cheers, Steve. Yeah, Wheelhouse, my friend. Um, I mean, it, it's it's definitely 
in the 50 range, low 50s. Yeah, I would, would, I would be think my guess. See, I'm getting a lot of share up front to 52. now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of share up front. Medium to high ABV. So I'm not, getting, I'm not getting any peep, but there's definitely some bitterness to it. And I'm not sure if that's just the old, like an old roast for shared bitterness, kind of a oxidized whiskey kind of flavor. That, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, I think it right. is an oxidized flavor. I, I don't get a whole lot of, I get, a, I get a light dark chocolate. I don't get any of that like Close. bitter black tea tannic <laughs> kind of thing going well, I'll on. I'll get that on finish. Um, sure. I'll say Highland. How's that? Thanks. So that's, that's helpful. Almost, well, all well, space that, that narrows it down. All space eyes are high. we're talking through this. Do we want to do scotch in the news? We're we're already at eleven o'clock here. We're yeah, we, we are right? over. So um, you I guess scotch news, that, we continue work. Yeah. So you guys talk your way through this. Um, well, Drew's got to kind of work. So scotch in the news. There are a couple that we definitely want to hit, and then there are a couple. Um, I definitely want to talk about. So no, you can close that one down. You can close that one down. Uh, go to the SWA. Close that one down. Yes. So um, this is a pretty good article, you guys. So uh, I don't know how long it's been. I haven't put a timer on how long these stinking tariffs have been going on. But the, the, SWA, the SWA is doing damn near everything in their power now to get it done. And this article, Scotch Whiskey Association, warns mm -hmm. it is critical that UK and US find own way to solve tariffs to dispute. So well, this doesn't just affect Scotch, right? Because the U the uh, European Union has tariffs on bourbon, right? So I mean, it's it's affecting both sides. Of the what world. what this article basically is about is the SWA is saying, okay, listen, time out. Um, from our side of the fence, the UK right now is still relying on the EU to to work this out. And the SWA is like, look, y'all are leaving the EU. The EU is not taking our priorities. They're not taking our considerations and prioritizing them. So we're right. getting, we're not even getting so, talked about right now. Right. So that's, that's the, the SWA is pushing the UK government to talk directly to the United States government, say, work this out now. And they've got a big movement going out. Drew, if you scroll down, oh, I can scroll down. I can do this. Look, I got a mouse. Um, if you scroll down, it's uh, they've got some hashtags out here. So hashtag call time on tariffs. Ha um, that's a big movement campaign that they're trying to bring awareness from the UK's perspective to try and get this worked out. Because at the end of the day, I, I'm over it. On this yeah. side of the pond, we're done with it. Let's do. I, I'm sick of this, man. <laughs> well, and these damn tariffs. And, and it's starting to affect a lot of people. Right. So so I, I was reading an article about Diageo released their their uh, uh, we don't earnings, have that one to pull up. Their earnings reports for. Uh, the first half of, of 2020. So if you compare their earnings for the first half of this year to the first half of last year, they're down by almost 50%. And Diageo 50%. is a big hitter. Now, that they can, or revenue? That's, that's revenue. revenue. No, no, no. That's it's profit. profit. Okay, they're down profit. 9% in revenue and like 50% in profits. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. So my point is that, you know, Diageo is a big company. And if you were making half a billion dollars last year, and now you're only making 250 million, like I don't 
don't really feel that sorry for you, right? But <laughs> there's a, I mean, they're one of the big players in the industry. There's a, there's a lot of smaller players that are really being affected by this. The small players aren't even able to ship their products to the United States. The small players don't work in in other spirits that can offset their loss. Right. That's correct. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, Diageo is just going to sell more vodka. Right. Well, yeah. and they're, they're exactly. going to sell more Johnny Walker. They just need to sell it on both sides right. and make uh, it work. So I, I think that you know I worry about I don't worry about the big producers. I worry about the small guys because I like the small guys, and yeah. I want to make sure that they're still around when all this is over. And I think that the tariffs are ridiculous anyway. I, uh, that's just me personally, but I, I, it's not it's not the same industry it doesn't have anything to do with what they're talking right. about and it's not really getting the results that they want on either side of the pond so the diageo ceo actually spoke about this if you scroll down um in the opening part of this article he he really says you know look man this this really has nothing to do with our industry and he really feels that it's going to get resolved to to speak uh, to his comments which i forget the title of this article um it's in the spiritbusiness.com but anyway, he, he's he's basically saying he sees an end coming and he's promoting the SWA's <laughs> campaign. Um, one of the SWA's campaign, what are you laughing at? The, the title's right there. The, the web address has the, the title. title. I didn't even, I'm not like, the IGO CEO hopeful for tariff. Thank you. All right, I'm, I'm talking to the camera. Anyway, um, one of the things the SWA is concerned about is if this doesn't come to and get resolved like now, it's not going to get resolved till next year because guess what's going to happen? It's already happening. There's an election going on yeah. here, guys. And, and, and that's going to go to the bottom of the list no it, matter what. It's not going to change an administration or not. Right now it, nope. Congress ain't going to have anything to do with it. The president's not going to. Nobody cares about that. They're all caring about keeping their job in the next administration. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's important to get this resolved soon. So anyway, if you, I know everybody that's watching the channel and listening is concerned about the tariffs because you're all drinking scotch. Um, so that's what's going on from what we've been able to find hey, out. Write, yeah, your, so, write your congressperson, call them. Like, so the, they respond to that stuff. Exports in the U.S. fell 47% in April and 65% in May compared to the previous month. Yeah, look at that. That's crazy. That's 65%. Something's got to get fixed soon. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some COVID that has some you know impact in that, but the tariffs are huge, yeah. right? So um, there were a couple of other things. If you want to pull a couple of other articles. Let's talk a fun one. Yeah, so I, I do Before have a fun one. Before we get to this, the, the end of this guy. Right, so um, it, if you go, there you go. Go to the Queen one. Go to the Queen one, man. This is pretty cool. So Queen Elizabeth's long-standing oh. love affair with Scotch whiskey. Queen Elizabeth? Right. Look at her. Go, girl. Smiling, <laughs> yeah, because so, got some Scotch. Look, I read this article, and first things first, before we get into the Scotch part of it, she drinks four cocktails a day, two before noon. God loves her. That's my heritage, baby. This chick is having a couple of drinks before noon. I love it. I mean, what else does she have to do, man? That's exactly what So anyway, she... um. It, it goes Pardon on you. <laughs> to, to say that, you know, she's got, uh, she honestly has. Uh, really? Um, and well, Bowmore's on several of these articles if we want to talk about them. But anyway, her own so track. yes. And, and yeah. look, in, um, in 2002, she started, she actually got her own cask from Bowmore. And in 2002, she started donating three bottles from that cask <laughs> of 648 bottles every year. The latest one brought $36,000. She likes her whiskey. So, yeah. But look, she, she, um, 
she issued a royal warrant to famous grouse and she's got ties, family ties to Royal Lochnagar because I guess Queen Victoria bought Balmore across the oh, river from this Royal is a cool, That's awesome. Cool article. It is. It's a fun article just to look at the history and the tie to the royal family in the scotch industry and what it means and stuff. So I had fun reading it. I thought it would be fun to share with everybody. But That's a good one. Anyway. So that's on Forbes? What, that, was, uh, uh, that is on Forbes.com. Yeah. yeah Queen Elizabeth's so, favorite scotch. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the auction. This one's yours, man. Finish yeah. this out. All right. So uh, it was it was uh, during World War II, right? The shipwreck happened. It was. So World War II, the last island before you get to navigable waters in the Atlantic. A ship runs aground. Carrying a bunch of scotch. Carrying a bunch <laughs> so of scotch. familiar. Now, I don't want to make it sound like it was, you know, 50-year-old scotch that went down with the ship. It was like... Vat 69 and Valentine's and stuff like that. Like it was, it was some like, you know, just everyday drinking scotch, right? But the problem was that during that time period, there was a a rationing because of World War II. So they, they weren't giving it out. So there's a, there's a movie actually called Whiskey Galore. Uh, There's actually two. There's a remake in 2016. The original one's like 1946 or 49. I can't remember which, but. Anyway, so it's the uh, 1941 wreck of the SS Politician was the actual wreck, okay? Um, some of the bottles were just floating in the water, and, and cool. Islanders went out to, to claim it, and there's this whole big deal. Watch the movie. It's fun. The original one, Dude, not the remake. Me, eh? So it's the class. <laughs> What's crazy is those Islanders go out there and grab these bottles, and the, the Scottish government comes and tries to say, you didn't pay tax, and they're like, what bottle are you talking about? I'm right. I, I, don't know what you're about. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so in the 1980s, they're laying a new cable across the Atlantic, and divers find this wreck. And they bring up a bottle of Ooh. whatever scotch is on the bottom of the It's ocean whiskey, baby. That's been there for 40 years, right? There's no label on it. So it might be VAT 69, might be Ballantines. It's not going to be a 50-year-old bottle. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's up for auction. They're including a diving helmet, like some stuff that they brought off the wreck. Oh, and cool. then there's a, a poster from Whiskey Galore, the, the movie poster that's you know, yeah, if you scroll up, shipwreck. I think there's a picture of whether and it's so yeah, they're right they're hoping to get uh, <laughs> I, I think twenty thousand pounds or dollars. I think one of the one of the other twenty thousand dollars. I think they're at seven right now. Seven and a half. But they flat out tell you that they don't recommend drinking this stuff. <laughs> well, it's been under salt water for forty bottle. years. <laughs> Did the cork hold? I don't know. <laughs> it's not labeled. It's it's more of a I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it'd be a talking point, I guess. It, it'd be fun, but. Um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Undercover judge oh, just blew out the All right. So that's, a, that's a good question. Let's, 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 let's finish up with this blind challenge so, real quick. All right. and, and we're on I'm going to go around the horn and talk me through the, the glass real quick. What do, you, what do you like out of it? What do you dislike out of it? How do you feel about it? Would you own this, Bob? I would. So the reason I would own this is because it's got – it is not peated, but it's got enough richness. It's got raisins and deep plums and things in it that I really enjoy in whiskey. So I would own this. Um, ABV is great. What I do you think the ABV water. is? It's, it's above 50. Um, I added water and, and it came in right. 
perfectly. So yeah, I would own this. It's good. To I'm with Andrew. It's a delicious dram. I love the fruitiness of it. Plums, raisins, a little bit of dark chocolate. Um, mm, nose on it. I'm gonna go on record and call it Glendronic um, for what it is. I think it's Could got all the capabilities of it. Um, it's tough because it drinks really well. I know the ABV is higher than what it, I feel like I'm tasting. Um, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with 53. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm saying low 50s on the ABV. All right. Um, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy it because there's a lot of sherry bombs that are too bomby to me, if you will. Like they're just too bold, and I can't. Like they actually left sherry in the cask. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, well, just like they're That's so nice. potent that you just it's overwhelming, right? Yep. Whereas this has a seasoning of sherry. Like I can appreciate the whiskey. I enjoy yep. the sherry finish on it. The ABV is right. It's not overwhelming. Like you can just sit and really enjoy this dram for what it is. And somebody's dying. For this dog's dying. Um, um, so you guys want to take a guess? He said Glendronic. What are you saying? It, it feels like a Tamu to me or maybe Glendronic. I don't know. It's but. too light on the ABV for Tamu. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Glendronic maybe... It tastes like a Glendronic. It's either, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. Wow. It is a Tamdu. It's the Tamdu 15 and Damn. it's 46 ABV. Well, why are we drinking this? I want to review this I think this I said Tamdu at the very, very beginning, too. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me a lot more of a Tamdu. <laughs> you did say Tamdu right out the gate, and I'm like, gosh, dang, that ruins it. Jeez, thanks, Drew. Yeah, so it's <laughs> really so, nice, the reason, I like The reason I didn't say Glendronic. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a bottle. It's not sweet enough. It's, it's got a deeper, uh, more bitter, oh, you know, oxidized. It's not as sweet as most. Well, it tastes like a Tamdu. The reason I went Glendronic is you said it wasn't a space high. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be outside space high. <laughs> Well, I said it was a Highland. Technically, all space Go, go with what Jeremy. you know, man. Go Good with what stuff. you know. You did have it, though. All right, guys. So, so Tamdu 15. Mm -hmm. we, we, we ran over our time, but it was a really good, good show, show. Fun show. Um, yeah, Thank you, podcasters. Fun. Always appreciate you guys listening. Absolutely. Yeah, keep tuning in. Everybody that super chatted us tonight, really, Thank really, you so really so appreciate much. it. If you guys can or you haven't or you're willing, make sure you go help out Scotch Trooper. Yes. Uh, Most it's important. an important cause. We'll be doing here shortly. Um. What else we got going on? Oh, next week. Next week's live. FYI, next week's live, I think we'll we'll be doing a Patreon-only I think next oh, Thursday is a Patreon-only wow, okay. live. So um, stand down if you're not a patron. Uh, we podcasting that? I don't even know. Mm, probably not. Probably no. not. Yeah, well, I don't but think we, we do that. So, we do have some cool stuff coming up on the podcast. Yeah. So, so if you're not signed up for the podcast... Next week's patron live, we will have some cool stuff going on. Uh, if not more than one guest, there'll be some cool topics. We got some things going or, on. So, you know, join us for pay, become a patron, you can join in next yeah, five bucks yeah, a month. Absolutely. And we do it in before and after show coming up right now. Five bucks a month. Yeah, we do have an after show coming up That's right good. now, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys. Love you guys. Cheers, man. Cheers. 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 I point all the table.